Welcome to SickCast, brought to you by Sick Research Institute, illuminating every path. Hello, Guru Fateh. Welcome to the SickCast. My name is Manpreet Singh. Thank you for joining us on this podcast. Today, I have with me for the first time, Kulveer Singh. Kulveer Singh, welcome to the podcast. Guru Fateh. So Kulveer, I know you a little bit now, but uh, I don't think the audience knows you as well. So please, before we get into our uh, theme today of the podcast, uh, give a little intro about yourself, your role at Sikri and how you got into Sikri. Yeah, uh, thanks, for, thanks for having me on the, uh, on the podcast. Uh, so I grew up in uh, the Western Canada, in Calgary, Alberta. Uh, parents moved here in the, in the 70s and um, kind of product of that generation 80s and 90s child and moved out to Toronto about 20 years ago and as, uh, my day job was a management consultant uh, a business guy and uh, when I moved out to Toronto very quickly got involved in the sick community out here and one of the uh, ways I did that was getting uh, involved in the retreat scene uh, which was very big in the 2000s early 2000s and we started the Toronto sick retreat here with one of uh, Sikri's board members, Indipreet Singh. And uh, uh, as we started organizing those, uh, we we got uh, uh, different folks coming in to present, and that's when uh, Harinder Singh and Gurpreet Kaur came to do a uh, a session with us. And of course, we immediately uh, uh, fell in love with them and the content and everything they were doing. They were just getting Sikri up and running. This was early days, about 15, 15 years ago. And uh, we started helping out, uh, helping them organize events in uh, in the GTA area, uh, different sessions we would do, different presenters coming in. And uh, over time, I became a volunteer, not just helping organize events, but also uh, as I grew deeper into Sikhi and, and uh, started taking my day job, which is a lot of workshop facilitation and presenting, started bringing that into the Sikhi world. I became a facilitator for different events, different sessions and uh, also started becoming more involved in the governance. So uh, up until a few years back, I started uh, my two big roles. I became uh, uh, on the board of directors of SICRI, and then I also was one of the uh, main facilitators at the Civic Camp uh, that happened at the retreat every happened every year. And then uh, with my job, wherever I traveled, uh, Harinder Singh had a global network, and so wherever he found out I was going, somehow I would have a SICRI <laughs> workshop of some sort organized when I was there. Uh, that happened in Singapore, it happened in other parts of the world. And so I've been involved with Sikri for, for a number of years now. And and this year, uh, as Sikri has gone through some transitions in its leadership team, and uh, the board really wanted uh, uh, not to have to go outside for an executive director in this time period, given everything going on, uh, they asked if somebody from the board would, would step into the role. And uh, uh, what is it, voluntold, volunteered <laughs> for the role. I, uh, I put my hand in and have uh, stepped in as a volunteer executive director for the organization for for 2020. Uh, so I've gotten to uh, go on the other side of things now. So I've been a, a consumer, uh, a volunteer, a facilitator, but now actually uh, uh, as a member of the team now helping plan and execute all of the events and all of the great programming uh, that SICRI is doing and helping navigate them through this, uh, uh, you know, this world change that we're going in. Uh, with COVID-19 and making sure that Sikri is actually really well suited for uh, what the sick month is going to need going forward. Great, great. You know, I wanted to talk to you about a month ago and uh, you were in Punjab 
and uh, we were dealing with this COVID situation that was happening. And so, and now you, I mean, you live in the greater Toronto area now, so it's good to get your perspective on how Punjabis, because there's a lot that live in GTA, uh, and even the Punjabis in Punjab, how they were dealing with COVID. So tell me some about that experience. Yeah, so I'm in uh, Brampton, which uh, I think in many parts of the world is probably more famous than Toronto now because of the big Punjabi population that's here. Uh, I think the uh, uh, so as you said when we ch- when we connected uh, a couple months back, uh, I was in Punjab. I had gone down with my family in early March uh, to visit. Uh, my in-laws were there, uh, we, and my father-in-law following a bit ill so we wanted to get him um uh, kind of back back into good health so he could travel home to to canada and uh while we were there um you know the lockdown uh covid 19 was just emer- you know was was merging as or as Punjabi coronavirus as Punjabis call it uh was getting uh something at the periphery and became more and more central and uh and with the uh uh, the lockdown that the uh, uh, the Indian state put into place on March 22nd, it really came home to us. So w- before that, we were zipping around Punjab, having a great, uh, as they say, NRI time. We had our driver driving around different um, uh, different gurdras, different villages, uh, different parts of Punjab, just uh, you know, shopping, eating, meeting people, and just having a real blast. Uh, and COVID-19 was a real something that was happening outside uh, of India or was happening outside of Punjab. Uh, and there was a bit of bravado, I would say, in early March, kind of this, uh, right? like we're, we're tough guys. And, and I don't think there was an appreciation like there was for any of us around how serious this was and how serious it was going to get in terms of a public health issue. Um, and uh, when the lockdown happened in uh, March 22nd, we were actually getting ready to come back. Our flights were on the 28th. And those obviously got canceled. And then we didn't know what was going to happen. And so there was a period there where we were under the curfew uh, in my wife's village in, uh, in close to Ludhiana. Uh, I think 18, 20 days we, we spent uh, in, in, our, um, in my in-law's house in the village uh, and uh, trying to figure out a way home. And so day to day we were quite comfortable and it was really, you know, well, it was a way peaceful just to see how village life had settled down and, and Punjab had really slowed down. But we kind of had this base level anxiety of trying to get out of out of Punjab, and uh, eventually we did. We got government flights, the Canadian government repatriation flights that were taking place. We were able to make our way back on those, and uh, and we came home to Canada. Uh, and, and the whole time when we were trying to get out of Punjab and trying to get from Punjab to Delhi and navigating all the police checkpoints and stuff, we were just like, oh. We'll get to Canada and then we'll figure out what's going on in Canada, not realizing coming to Canada would be like getting jumping out of the frying pan into the fire because <laughs> the Canada we left behind uh, it, it had totally changed into into uh, COVID Canada in which everything was uh, shut down, shelter in place, locked down. And so we came home uh, to realize that everything had changed, how our kids were going to go to school how our works our jobs were going to take place and even how we were going to get groceries all of a sudden man we got to start planning our meals two weeks in advance because we got to order groceries got to pick them up and got all that stuff there and uh and i think the the by the time we got here the i think the punjabis here in canada have uh, responded very well um two things have happened i think they've been uh compliant with the rules so you know you had some early days of people not taking seriously getting um maybe getting together or gathering. Some of the students were doing that and stuff. But I think very quickly when people realized that this was serious and that 
social distancing was the only way we were going to keep people alive. Uh, I think Punjabi uh, uh, six jump on board, and then the second thing we do is that uh, uh, during moments of crisis, we we open up our lungers. We, we, when we don't know what else to do, we feed, we serve, and I think just like you're seeing in every sick community in the world, um, where they have the means, the grocers are, are are becoming uh, drive-through lungers of some sort, where they're providing either groceries or meals to families in need, and the grocers in in Canada. Uh, have done the same, and and uh, there've also been conversations uh, early days when we thought we might have Italy-like crisis situation where the hospitals were going to be overwhelmed, things like that. Where uh, you know the Gordaras were in talks with the local healthcare units of saying, hey, we have these huge divan halls and lunger halls that we can convert into makeshift anything if you need them. Our, our, our buildings are yours; you decide if if you need them. And thankfully, it hasn't come to that. Um, but I think the uh, the spirit. Uh, of six has certainly been there, and and my other work in Seva Food Bank, and 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 you know you see the Seva Food Banks or the Call Aids of the world really stepping up as well on the humanitarian side. So, so I think it's been um, like anything; it's the best of times and the worst of times, right? Uh, we're going through a real challenging period, but you're seeing, uh, amongst all the tough things happening in the world, you're really seeing uh, some inspiring things happening, and I think the six and Punjabis have kind of been right in the center of it. Yeah, you know, what's fascinating to me is how the local Sangat is dealing with it. And you mentioned people opening up lungers, you know, and uh, we're doing drive through lungers and just uh, helping feed people that, you know, can't get a meal. So, you know, a couple of things come to my mind and I'm always thinking like, all right, so Gurdwara is going forward now. So even before I say that, like, where's the money coming from? You know, a lot of money was coming in when people go and Matadeh and, you know, just give yeah. donations on the side. So how are Gudwaras, you think, or maybe you might know, are going to handle the money flow, the cash flow situation? And then also going forward, you know, you know, when uh, there's Gurpurbs here, you know, people can't get a seat to sit. Yep. And so is it going to be that crowded or is everyone going to wear masks doing longer masks <laughs> at uh, Matadeg time? Like what's going to happen? What's, what's your opinion on that? Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, I can only speak personally. Uh, you know, it's going to be a long time before I'm comfortable in a big audience again. Right. And so I think uh, uh, Gordas are going to have to change like all the other institutions and, you know, right now they're in crisis time and, uh, you know, the Gordas that were the best managed had uh, the least amount of debts, the most amount of kind of assets on hand, liquidity, like businesses, not for profits, Gordas are not for profits. And, and, and those that were well managed are probably going to are, are in a position to do the most because they have the they have the most at their disposal. Uh, but I think as things fall, um, one of the organizations in the UK, I know, put out a memo to all the Gordas there to to get uh, kind of get uh, things sorted out internally in terms of their own finances, lines of credit, uh, talking to their banks about their mortgage payments, and then accessing whatever federal programs were in place for funding. Because um, the Golics aren't going to fill up anytime soon, right? Uh, who knows, first of all, when Gordoras are going to be allowed to open up, and every country and every region, every state is going to be different. But when they do open up, uh, what's going to be the, I think the flow will be, you know, people will be able to go and, in a Devon Hall, you can have good social distancing uh, because when it's when it's not crowded, you can space out and and you can do all that. But but when you have big tahas uh, uh, and you have big gorbors and Vasaki and stuff, it's you know and those moments that we love, Vasaki, the New Year's programs where we're packed in there and stuff, and we're really happy to go. Uh, you know, those are all going to have to be rethought in the in the short term. But uh, I, I would say you know, growers we're going to have to look at how we fund them and and 
you know, they're going to have to become a bit more transparent, I think, around where the money's going, how the money needs to be used. And, and when I, you know, I think all of us, the six, we're not going to let any group that are go under. Um, but I think it's going to have to, you know, on the plus side, this might trigger some transparency and accountability around funding around each of the Godras and say, you know, you know, we'll be happy to support you. Just let us know where, how the money is being spent, where the money came, is coming from, where it's going. So, so I think that's there. Um, the other role of Godras, which is more importantly, is their centers of learning and, um, and centers of connecting with the Guru. It's a place where the, you know, Guru Granth Sahib physically resides. And so those that don't have Guru Granth Sahib in their home, it's a place they can access the Guru, but it's also the place where Sangat happens. And that's a critical uh, you know, pillar of Sikh practice and, and finding those who are also on the path and, and being inspired by them and inspiring them and serving them is, is a, a critical piece of ours. So in the absence of being able to do that uh, in person, how do we find virtual science? Um, how do we find spaces of our own where we leverage the tools at our disposal? You know, this podcast we're doing or the Zooms, Zoom meetings we're on for work. How does that get leveraged uh, uh, in, in this world where I think we're, as our physical needs are being taken care of in the West here, right? Thankfully, I think most of us are able to get enough to eat and have shelter over our heads. Uh, if you go up Maslow's needs hierarchy <laughs> very quickly, uh, uh, you know, our other needs are going to be uh, coming to the forefront and the need for purpose, the need for acceptance, the need for belonging, the need to be part of something bigger than yourself. I need to try to put reason or understanding around what's going on in, the, in, in this crazy, unreasonable world. Uh, there's answers there that, or at least uh, direction and guidance there that our guru can provide and Sikhi can provide and Sangat can be a space for that if, if we if we reimagine what that looks like. Um, so I think that's the real challenge, maybe not just for the Gurdwaras, because the Gurdwaras will do what the Gurdwaras do and, and we can help them along. But I think the challenge for us, um, you know, organizations like Sikri is how do we create those places for connection, reflection, introspection with the guru and with other Sikhs so that we're there uh, to give people what they need. You know, uh, the call aids of the world, the food banks of the world are doing a great job of taking care of people's physical needs. But that's only one, that's only one part of the person, right? So how do we, um, you know, I think the question for us is what else do we do and how else do we fulfill those, those much larger um, aspirations and, and needs that people have? Yeah, so let's talk about that. You know, I know, people in my life, uh, probably including my parents, that, I know this is sad, but, uh, you know, they usually go to Gurdwara religiously every Sunday still. Sure, sure. And uh, they think if they don't do that, something is wrong. Something is wrong probably in their spirit, you know, in their spirituality and, and stuff. So, you know, my parents aren't that uh, sophisticated, even if I even set it up for them, uh, to do Zoom you know, meetings and divans and talk about Shabbats and things like that. So how are you or how is your community in, and maybe your local Gurdwara, you know, helping people stay spiritually connected while there is no uh, Gurdwara divans happening? Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, all we can do is provide people opportunities and, and doors to walk through tools to connect with the Guru, right? The, the, connection of a Sikh with the Guru is, is up to the <laughs> Guru's Kirpa and the, and the Odom of the Sikh. And I, I think um, while we all long for uh, a physical darshan of the Guru and being in the Sangat of visiting the Gurdwara, and, and we grew up in a tradition of going to the Gurdwara every Sunday, and our kids, our family now, uh, two young boys, going to the Gurdwara every Sunday is important to us because that's where their Gurdwara school is. And, and we get to meet you know our, 
our close family, friends, and all those folks that we really enjoy spending time with. And, and our Gurdwara uh, school has really developed a nice sangha, a nice camaraderie where the moms get together, the, 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 the dads have a good bonding. And we learn as well as the kids do. So in the absence of, of just being able to go to the vans and stuff, I think this is where we're lucky that technology's played in. You know, just about every Gurdwara in the world is streaming something. Most Punjabis have an IPTV box at home. So, uh, you know, my parents are getting their fix of Keithan from the Varsai, or other Gurdwaras. And I think that, 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 that is happening. And I think that, you know, the equivalent of, of that very passive Gurdwara experience <laughs> that mo- most of us have, you know, we go and we sit in the, in the divan and, uh, Things are being sung at us or t- you know, told to us. And we sit there and we listen. We try to internalize it. We reflect on it. And, and then we kind of take away what we can out of it. That experience is easy to find. Um, the piece that's uh, always been hard is, is connecting with the guru. And how do you bring the guru's word and message into your life? And that's where, you know, six for us, it's never been about going to a physical space, right? You know, uh, uh, where other traditions talk about pilgrimages and theaters. For us, uh, the ultimate tirat is is within, right? Tirat navanjal, tirat namhan, right? Why I don't need to go bathe in different places where I can go within, bathe within nam, and and over and over again, the physical space is not as important as what's the intention and what you're doing. And so, I, I would say in this time and age, how do we create virtual sangat? And this is where. You know, for our parents' generations, um, the the online learning might be the the best way to do it. Uh, or the, I mean, the online, you know, they're streaming different, you know, Gurdwara programs. Uh, I know my mom spends a lot of time with her headphones on, and she's watching a lot of katas and a lot of kitan and and going through things like that. Uh, there's a lot of events on Facebook Live. I know this, every night there's uh, some Simran programs and kitan programs and stuff. So my my mom is very into that and i have friends who you know we do that too we you know with our kids now as we build try to build more you know COVID 19 has allowed us to put a lot more routine in place at home actually than before we had and with our sikhi practice and maybe you've gotten a little bit more casual we've become quite um uh we've been able to get quite uh um persistent or yeah persistent in it and, and doing what we do with the kids so i i'll i'll say you know we can go more into this but i think there's a real opportunity now that had this happened 15, 20 years ago, it would have been really tough. It would have been like, I got to find a book on Sikhi because that's the only place I can find. Or let me get a CD from the store and I can try to listen to it. But now with um, ubiquitous internet access and so many streaming services, web services, webinars, events going on, um, there's there's a lot of opportunity out there. Now it's a question of what do I do with it? How do I find it? We can talk about that in a second. But I think there, there's a real chance here of as we go through this COVID-19 experience where Yes, we're all being very physically busy, and there's always urgent things to take care of. How do we come out of this stronger? How do we actually say that I came out of COVID-19 and this lockdown, and I'm much more spiritually connected to my guru? I am, you know, our our family unit has actually become the unit of sangat in my life. Uh, whereas before, maybe I never thought of my family as my sangat, right? Family is my family, and then sangat was a, a place I went to, and I got my sangat. Well, right now, you know, my sangat is is you know, my two kids, my wife, and my parents who live in the house with me. Uh, that's my physical sangat now. And so, how do I cultivate things there? That's the question. And how do I maybe supplement that with things I find online? Yeah. So let's get personal. How are you doing it? Like, give an example. Give the listeners some examples, and maybe they could take some cues off that and do their own thing at home. Yeah. So I've been, uh, uh, you know, like everybody, going through ups and downs with my own 
productivity with all my own uh, attention span, my own motivation um, and, and desire to get really involved and and do things. I saw a great line that says, you know, uh, I think Stephen Colbert said, he goes, oh, this, this uh, lockdown has given me all the time in the world to clean my attic. Uh, he goes, I haven't cleaned it yet, but I have time for it. <laughs> and I think I think that's, for most of us, that's kind of the situation where we have actually time for these things. It's how do you make it a priority? And and uh, you can kind of take, a f- we've done a few things from our, our uh, kind of corporate or, or other world and brought them into our, our personal lives. So a couple of things I've been trying to do is really stick to some kind of routine. And you think of Barney, this is why we had a the name. This is why we had Atamirada. This is why, you know, at least if I was following the Atamirada, uh, at least I'm showering every day right? <laughs> and I'm waking up in the morning and I'm doing my, uh, so, so making sure that I, I'm sticking to kind of, uh, personally, uh, uh, my own routine and really getting, um, uh, I'd say quite adamant about it, uh, even on weekends and weekdays, not taking a day off from it because I'm realizing that if I don't get up at a decent time, uh, don't, uh, uh of course shower and change, but also, uh, get in time for Simran, meditation, Nithinam, uh, those things aren't going to happen. And then my day will get, a, uh, just like always, uh, my day will get away from me. Usually it would have been travel, commuting, and, and, and meetings, but now it's Zoom calls, and they never end, and you never have time for them. So one thing we started doing is, is with the routine is time boxing. Uh, and it's just the concept of, you know, we all have our to-do list, and then we have our calendar. And our to-do list has things that could last for days but our calendar only has 24 hours a day on it. So I've taken, and I've become quite pedantic about it. I, I put, I'm putting almost everything in my calendar now, trying to make it work. So I have, knit the name, you know, get the kids ready. I'm putting everything in my physical calendar and, and I'm putting all my work things in there, but I'm putting my reading time in there too, so that I'm not saying I'll, I'll get to it. And, and I, things move around every day and sometimes, you know, it's, things aren't consistent, but, Putting something in your calendar, in your family calendar, it will make it a lot more likely it'll happen. Or if nothing, it'll make it very um, inconvenient for you to then actually have to move things on your calendar when things aren't getting done. Uh, the other thing we're trying to do as a family and, and uh, you know, is, is make, we've always had a good run side uh, uh, in our home. And it's, you know, we've left with all our travel and, and work and life and stuff, we kind of left the seva of that to, to my parents. And so we matatek spent some time there, but it was really mom and dad that were, that were on the, on the save of Prakash and Sipasim. And, and, uh, uh, my mom actually, unfortunately broke her ankle a few months ago. So, you know, it, it, it was, it's been hard for her to do that. And then with us coming back after COVID, we kind of, okay, we, this, let's make this ours. So our family, you know, it's a small thing, but, uh, every morning, uh, everyone has to get up, has to get ready because we have to do Prakash and we have to do Japji stuff together and we can't, you know, can't go in, can't go into Babaji room all, all unclean and disheveled. You gotta, you know, it's it's the excuse for the kids to tie their parkas. It's the excuse for us to get ready and and be ready to go. And 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 it's been amazing. The kids are, you know, memorizing their their ardas. They're learning how to do Mariada Prakash and Sukhasan in the evenings. They're learning their soilas out of the park now, and all things. I almost I'll say you know, I think they would have gotten to learning. <laughs> If I can be a little bit, you know, we wouldn't, we were kind of, you know, learning by osmosis and being with us, but now it's become a real active, um, uh, act of, of, of sangat. And, and we're looking at it. It's our sangat time now as a family. We're sitting together in the evenings. We'll do some heathen or simran. And those things kind of sort of happened otherwise, but they were never blocked off. And now 
We don't go to sleep or after dinner, before games time. After dinner, we go up, do Babaji, you know, Babaji time, and we do our, um, do if whatever Simran or Vadas, whatever we want to do that day, and we do Sukhasana, and then we're done. And then we can put on our pajamas and then have game night or movie night or fun night afterwards. But we kind of say, you got to do what you have to do before you do what you want to do. And with the kids, it's instilling that discipline. And some days are better than others. Uh, some days, you know, <laughs> the kids are not, you know, like all of us. Uh, uh, but we're trying to create the routine now that that you got to, uh, it's like a workout. You just got to go do it every day. And some days will be, you'll be more into it than others. But if you if you stop doing it, then you're never going to be into it. So so we try to do more of that. I think so. that structure is, is so important because um, it's hard to will yourself to do anything every day. Like if every day you have to will yourself to go to the gym or will yourself to get to, then you're not going to do it for very long because no one has that much willpower. So you kind of have to create the momentum that routines create or almost the, the almost in a way they hack your laziness. Uh, it's almost like the, the hack they say for if you're a runner, you know, get outside of the house before your brain wakes up. So like put your shoes by your bed, like, like sleep in your out in your running class. So the alarm goes without even thinking, you just groggily put on your shoes and you walk outside. And by the time you wake up, you're already outside and you're like, oh, well, I might as well run. I'm already outside. So, so I think with things around the house, why don't you, you know, just do this in a way that, um, you can, uh, I think be intentional about things. Um, because I think what, what this, uh, crisis is teaching me is that if you're, if you're passive about things or you're just letting things be, they'll just be. So nothing will really change. Nothing will really grow. It's like our garden. It's springtime now. Our garden is sitting there waiting to be tended to. And if I just let it be, it's just going to be the big area of weeds, but I need to now get my act together, right? Okay. Let's make a trip to the garden centers. They finally opened up, get the plants and things we need, the flowers we need. So let's, let's put it in. And if we put in the effort now, we'll have a whole summer of enjoyment out of it. I'll still have the weed and tend to it, but there'll be something that comes out of it. And I think with our routines that recognizing that if we put a little bit of structure and effort into it, that they'll be, they'll pay dividends because um, just with our kids every day, we're trying to learn another 40 of Jepji side. If we do that in 38 days, the kids will have got cleared the Jepji side and they've already gone most of the way there. And now we're just edging up. But every day, if we add a little bit, a little bit, we're going to be in this lifestyle for a while. Just imagine how we're going to come out of it if every day we're spending 10, 15, 20 minutes on something every day. I want to rope in some Sikri tools here, if I could, because, you know, you are an executive there, so you know this stuff. What could people my age, you know, 30s, 20s, even kids, what do we have that could, just now you were mentioning, we have time now and, you know, Gurdwara is not open. So what could we do Sundays? Are there any tools, webinars, courses or something for different age groups that, you know, maybe now we have this time we could sit down and and learn from? Yeah. So I, I think... Uh... You know, when we go to the Gordura, it doesn't matter if you're uh, six months old or 96 years old. It doesn't matter if, you're, if your primary language is English or Punjabi or Hindi. Uh, it doesn't matter if you spend your entire life studying Guru Granth Sahib or you're, you're even a non-Sikh. You walk into the Gordura during a Divan and you get the same experience. It's like the ultimate, in a way, broadcasting. Everyone gets to experience the exact same thing. So if it happens to be a Tardi, if it happens to be a Tardi, it happens to be Kitani. Um, you get what they serve. And if the Katavachik's, you know, on, on a roll and working his way through a certain body, 
you're going to get that. Uh, you know, the 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 .dot.ds are are at a certain point of sick history. They're going to get that, and so it, it isn't very uh, uh, you know, it's not very user centric. Also, in a say, and it's not in a way that it's not customized. It's not what I want at that moment in time. And I think what's happening now is is through these online tools, there is a lot more segmentation going on. And I know at Sikri, we spent a lot of time really understanding our markets. And and at the end of the day, you know, we could serve, uh, we can do things for uh, seniors, we can do things for people in Punjab, other parts of the world. And where we really focused is our energy is on um, young adults, teens, young adults, so I'll say kind of, uh, 18, uh, 16 to 35, 40, that age, uh, and young parents that come out of it. Now that trickles over because some of that comes into, uh, if you're, say, young parents, then there needs to be things for young children. And if you're producing things for young adults and for uh, teenagers, you kind of fall into that. But that's where we are, and that's really English programming is where we're spending our time. And we recognize that that people need to experience the key in different formats. So uh i can talk about the content in a second but that's why we have this podcast we're doing right now that's why we have uh webinars uh that are every week uh in which the webinars are either content based or they're discussion based uh that's why we also have the the courses that are being announced we have the announced course that's uh that's been launched we have courses that uh you know just link are going to be doing that are specifically geared for teenagers so there is a chance now you know we're kind of jumping full in onto the zoom bandwagon and, and not just Zoom, but the platform of these online webinars and for Sikri, it's been amazing because we've kind of always been there. You know, uh, at one point, you know, we were exclusively in-person events. Uh, you know, our, our folks flying around the world to deliver in-session workshops and meetings. And then now we've, you know, we transitioned a few years ago. We really made the online component a, a, a pillar. And we said we want the online to be as important, if not bigger, than the in-person. And that, that investment is, we're lucky enough to pay off because now we have the platform, we have the content, we have everything shaped in a way that we can migrate everything and put it online. And uh, it's been great because we'll pick a theme and uh, there'll be a big long blog post article on it. We'll produce some videos on it, we can do a webinar on it. And for people that want to go really deep, we can do a course on it. And so there's so much different content coming your way there that I think Sikri is well positioned to do that. Uh, so now that's kind of the organizational side of things. I think personally speaking, um, you'll find uh, uh, there's more out there than you know what to do with. And, and that, that's part of the problem, right? I think people are kind of, where do I go? Where do I look? What do I do? And I think uh, the piece here is, first of all, the overall goal needs to be for each one of us to develop our own personal heart and head relationship with Guru. So this isn't about getting behind Sikri or following a particular favorite ragi or katawajik or whatever is out there that you want to, or a school of thought or a jatibandi you want to attach yourselves to. Those are all vehicles. They're all mediums. They're all groups to help that. But our goal is to connect with the group. Our goal is to bring the divine into our lives, to connect with Ekon God. And, and our Sikhi can become a roadmap for that. So if we want to take time to go down if that's where we want to go, then we need to be open to whatever else, whatever helps us on that journey. And to connect with our guru, our guru is Guru Shabd. So I would say first and foremost, cultivating a relationship with Barney and the Guru Granth Sahib is, is the most important thing. And there's lots of ways to do that. You know, for many of us, that journey, those of us that are English speaking, uh, uh, primarily, uh, you know, that journey started with the Sikhi to the Max, you know, the first translation and at least saying, taking, going from, 
Bart, you know, Gurbani being abacadabra, I see these things and good things happen to me, right? You know, kind of like the how we teach our children, you know, do a, do a certain part before a test and Babaji will take care of you. You know, we kind of move from that. But the next level is what's actually being said. And and these interpretations is what they are, uh, or the, we call them translations. That's the first level. At least you start getting the gist of what the words mean. But then you start realizing, well, who wrote that translation? And you realize, well, different people and usually different men through history have written those. And then you say, oh, well, what was their angle? Because each of them came from a different school of thought, a different mindset, a different way of looking at it, a different lens. And you quickly say, well, those aren't translations. They're not one-to-one. -one. They're actually interpretations. So if I'm reading other people's interpretations, maybe I need to go back and interpret for myself. And that's when things get really interesting. And I think that's where, um, for me, my relationship with Gurbani really took off is when I was able to put Sikhi to the max to the side, uh, put all the translations to the side and start building my own vocabulary of Gurbani, starting to learn what each word meant. And then from each word, starting to piece together and say, what does each line mean? And then each shabd, and then starting to understand the guru and the time period that they sung the shabd, and then double-clicking and saying, what does that reference to Hindu mythology mean? Or what is that farming reference? Or whatever is that? And so you start really exploring and going deep into Barney, and and you start, and then you start looking at the poetic side of things. And then when you listen to the shabd, all of a sudden the shabd, you, you, now you're not just listening to the shabd because it sounds nice. You listen to the shabd because the shabd itself is transformational. And if it's being sung in the rag, it's supposed to be sung in. And then it's it's hitting your head and it's hitting your heart at the same time. And then certain times the shabd or the hukum of the day will come. And it's the right shabd for the right time at the right day. You know, the it reminds me of the hukum today. The date of our recording is uh, is a hukum from Bhagat Kabir. And it's... Uh, the theme is around impermanence. And uh, I really was thinking about that. I've been thinking about it as we get stuck in this uh, Groundhog Day kind of life where every day seems to be the same, 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 same. But we have to recognize that everything is impermanent. This too shall pass. And Bhagat Kabir in his very kind of very direct way of saying it, he goes, the place where we think that is most impermanent, that we think is most permanent is actually our human bodies. And we spend so much time thinking our life is going to be, our, our life is the way it is. And it's going to continue like this. He goes, you have to recognize that this body Right now, everybody loves it. You love it. Your family loves it. The day you die, your family's going to want you out of the house. And then your body's going to be reduced to either ashes, if you burn it, or, or food for insects, if you bury it. He goes, why are you wasting your time? And, and the, love, the, the word he uses is, like you're puffed up with pride as you go through your life, thinking that you're the center of the universe that everything is about you, that the way you are, that you have control over how things are going to be. And I think what we have to recognize is that we have no control over when this situation started. We have no really control over how it's going to end, unless we're in the vaccine business directly. Things are going to kind of be done to us. But we have this time. And, and what are we going to do with this time that we have? Do we spend this time merely surviving? And for a lot of people, that's that's great. That's all they can do. If you're an essential worker, you're not looking to grow this turn. You're just trying to get through this period. If you're, you know, um, you're financially stressed or you're one of your members is sick. Absolutely. Then that's, that's the focus. And that in itself is a huge, huge win, of course. But for, for those that are comfortable and are only suffering right now is boredom, right? The only suffering we have is that I don't have anything to do or my kids are driving me crazy. Uh, in that, let's find, um, 
let's find some purpose, find some intention. Uh, when I was stuck in Punjab, one of my dear friends said to me, Kuvir, he goes, uh, I'll say it in Punjabi, he goes, پچھلے ایک دو سال تو جہازہ دنیا دے گیڑے کرتا ہوں آنند لیندا ہوں تو پنڈ کے بیٹھا ویڑے کے گیڑے کٹ رہا آنند لب
maybe the Sikh community moving forward, because now a lot of uh, delegation was on the Ghanis and Gurdwara. Or whatever. Now you got to do all this yourself. So I think it's a great wake up call for us. So what do you think of these challenges? So I I think, uh, uh, you know, I can share the example of what our local Sangat has done here. So I'm in uh, Brampton, Mississauga, and uh, my kids uh, have been going. We've all been part of the the Gurmat school at the uh, affectionately, the Dunwin Gurbara, the Dunwin Road Gurbara, that's that's there. and that Gurdwara, uh, the school has really been left to our generation to to run. So there isn't a retired principal from India running it. It's, it's our generation, mostly parents, uh, teaching there. Um, and not just programs for kids, but actually classes for parents and or, or discussions. So one of the my great joys has been the Gurbani discussion that the parents do. While the kids are in their sessions, the parents go away. And uh, we spent a year and a half working our way through Japji Sakh. It was just so rewarding. And there wasn't, there, we had somebody who was a facilitator, but by no means did he call himself an expert. He was just somebody who did a little bit of homework to, to, to help uh, moderate the class. Now, in, 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 and that was such a great forum. We built such a great community, like all, oh, you know, uh, Sunday schools or government schools, the moms and the dads get together and the kids know each other. And it's a great vibe. Now in the online world, they've really embraced Zoom. And that's been, a, uh, uh, I think, a fantastic experience where every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, we have a virtual divan with the kids and we bring uh, and, and we do, you know, collectively things. And then after that, uh, uh, every kid goes to their individual Punjabi class, which is a breakup and their teachers work with them. And, and it's groups of eight to 10 students and the teachers or just uh, volunteer parents uh, going through the curriculum and, and, and making that work. Now, the joy of this, and I think this is where it is, is that we have kids from Edmonton who, who know family friends whose kids are now part of uh, they came in. And maybe they're not part of the Punjabi class, but they're partaking in the Devon. We've been able to bring in guest speakers. Uh, uh, course is, is going to be part of it as well from Sikri. And so, so now that everything's virtual, everything can be virtual. So I think this opens up huge doors for Sikh Sangat, for Sikh education is where's there the first Zoom grammar school, right? You know, this one that we're doing right now, it's, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of poking and prodding the, uh, the organizers and they're getting mad at me because they're like, it's hard enough getting this up and running because they were focused on getting our kids uh, in Mississauga in, in Brampton on. But in the future there, could we, there's no restriction now of learning entirely online uh, Sunday school, government school programs, right? So Sikri, I'm not advocating this is where Sikri is going, but, but the things that our parents are, that our government school is doing, all that could be online. And I think this online learning, online polling of content and connection is going to become more important. And I've, I always thought this with our kids. Our kids have access to every piece of information, every skill set, everything they want to learn, they can learn online. It's like the matrix. They can put the disc in and, and, and become an expert in anything they want. So when that's there, our job becomes less about teaching them, but more about planting the seed of curiosity, inquisitiveness, inspiration, motivation, so that they want to learn. And that's the struggle I think most of us have is that, um, you know, we want our kids to go on Khan Academy. They want to go on Sikri. They want to go on all these other learning sites, but they'd rather play video games, right? So the whole world is there. You know, I look at my phone, you know, the most complex piece of processing technology ever invented, and I use it to play, you know, Candy Crush, right? (laughs) Like it's, 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 it's like, so in this world now, I think that's the challenge for us. And that, and that's where Sangat comes in. And I think this is why the two things go hand in hand is as, as you develop your, 
journey with the guru, you find sanghas to help nudge you along. And the peer pressure of sanghas, the encouragement of sanghas, is really the tool that we have to put us in the mindset and space to to want to bring more guru into our lives, to see people that are slightly ahead of us, that can pull us along, and people that are maybe not as developed or just becoming into it, that we can give a nudge to and give some guidance to as well. And I think that's the journey. That's the challenge, I think, for six coming out of COVID-19 is that how do we, as always, as we've done time and time again, how are we going to reinterpret our sick institutions for the need that's ahead of us? Which so institutions of Bangat, of Sangat, of Langar, of Devans, of educating our own, of getting away from, like you said, the Grantis and the Katavajiks and the Avasias, where we'd almost been outsourcing part of our faith and practice to others. How do we bring that in-house? <laughs> Just like other supply chains are insourcing everything now. Vertical integration, right? Uh, they want to go back to the source themselves. How do we vertically integrate that we're the ones that are doing our own parks? We're the ones that are doing our own bosses. We're the ones doing our own. You know, this, this frustrating one has been, you know, we're all learning to become teachers. And frankly, had not spent a lot of time on core teaching my own children because there are schools to do that. Now, in the absence that where the school is almost in the background and I'm in the foreground, I'm having to learn that. And I think with our sicky too, maybe that's where we need to think about it is how do we uh, take it into our own hands. And the Guru's Kirpa is always there, as we learn over and over again. The Guru's Kirpa is there on anybody who wants it. But how do you put yourself in a position where the Guru's Kirpa comes into your life? And I think the tools that we have uh, during this day uh, can help us do that in a way we would have never otherwise done. So so I, I think the last question, the thing I'll say is that I saw this question and it, it really struck me is that how do you want to remember your time during COVID-19? And how do you want others to remember what you did? So, you know, yes, you got to take care of your family, you can take care of your own. But beyond that, is that all you're going to say? Are you going to say that, you know, you look back at COVID and you say, oh, I just survived it. Or you look back and you say, out of COVID, mm-hmm. you know what? Yeah, it was a tough time for the world and everything. I'm not going to minimize any of that. But you know what? I took the time to go in, to go deeper, to, to build, my, build my core, like you said, build the foundations. And I'm much more connected to my community, much more connected to my guru. And I have some baseline practices now. Then now that I go back out into the world again, I can do things. So the Sikh revolution has always been about transform yourself before you can transform the world. Uh, so I think this is maybe the time to work on that internal transformation. Kulveer, man, great talking to you. Uh, unfortunately, we're running out of time. I think that was some great final thoughts. I appreciate your time. And uh, I'm sure we'll be doing a lot more of these since we're all at home. <laughs> so, thank you very much, man. You are listening to Sick Cast by Sick Research Institute, illuminating every path. <laughs>